if you're going to do some kind of a streaming show and you're not prepared to commit to it for a minimum of two years, stop right now. I'll tell you what, Adam, I think a lot of people listening to Social Pros this week are going to be a little shook because it's not uncommon for Social Pros listeners to be thinking about creating episodic, consistent content, whether it's a podcast or a webinar series or even a video series or even a live streaming video series like our guest this week, Joseph Jaffe, who is the creator and host of the nightly video live stream program. Joseph Jaffe is not famous, but as he just said, committing to something for two years before you start Boy, that is a leap of faith. It is, and especially something new, like what we're talking about here with this kind of programmatic streaming video content. Each aspect of that we've certainly been doing, and and Joseph, like the two of us, he is an OG in this space, been doing social since social began, and that's why I think this show is so interesting. Uh, Joseph's perspective on this, and now, as he said, Jay, what, 250, 260 daily evening shows in, he has a perspective that no other guest that we've ever had uh, is sharing. Yeah, he's done it from the ground up. He's done it by himself. He's turned it into a success. It is really uh, quite a tale. And he also uh, goes really behind the scenes and tells us exactly how he's made decisions, why he's made decisions, things he would have done differently. You'll learn a lot in this episode if you have any interest whatsoever at creating an episodic content series, as you probably do if you're listening to Social Pros. You also probably have an interest in knowing what the world's best marketers think about technology, about trends, and about the post COVID world. And our friends at Salesforce have put together an extraordinary piece of research that will give you just that information and frankly, a lot more. It's called the State of Marketing Report. Uh, The team at Salesforce went out and gathered data from 8,500 marketing leaders from across the globe. And so often you're like, well, that interest, that's interesting research. But what about Australia? Or that's interesting research. But what about, you know, the Netherlands? All that stuff is in this report. There's enough data that you can break it down by country, which is amazing. And it talks about just what I mentioned, the strategic priorities, the challenges, the technologies that are important to marketing today. It is foundational research that everybody listening to Social Pros should be consuming. You can find it right now. It won't cost you anything at bit.ly slash new marketing report. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash new marketing report. That is all lower case. Also, you're probably interested in Facebook ads, I suspect, at least at some level. And as you probably know, it can be a little tricky trying to cobble together all your own data and you got a bunch of spreadsheets. And if you're like me, you got some post-it notes on top of the spreadsheets and some other stuff. And and yeah, you can kind of get where you need to go, but it's sort of a hassle and takes a bunch of time. Well, we have partnered with our friends at Supermetrics to help you make sense of your Facebook ad analytics. Supermetrics is the leader in marketing data delivery solutions. They help marketers and analysts move data from popular marketing and sales platforms into a format that you can actually use. They've got more than 16,000 customers. It is slick. It works. I've used it myself personally. I love it. We worked with them to put together a Facebook ads overview dashboard that writes directly to Google Data Studio And it reports on the performance of your paid campaigns in Facebook, gives you cost clicks, return on ad spend, audience breakouts. It's really easy. It's like plug and play, free template. Also, if you download the free template, you get 14 days of the Supermetrics software for free as well, just for Social Pros listeners. Go to supermetrics.com slash social pros, supermetrics.com slash social pros. Here he comes. Joseph Jaffe, host of Joseph Jaffe is not famous here on Social Pros. He's changed his life. He's changed your life, possibly. He has a new daily nighttime web-based talk show. He's back on Social Pros, the one, the only, Joseph Jaffe, whose new program has been rechristened. Joseph Jaffe is not famous. Today, we're going to talk about how you can create consistent episodic video and build an audience out of thin air. Mr. Jaffe, welcome back to Social Pros. Thank you, but I have a question. Is it, uh, 
when you <clears throat> when you say daily nightly or is it nightly or is it nightly daily or nightly nightly but i, I was thinking about that in the hmm. introduction I, I i guess if it's daily it would maybe be every day but it is nightly the show no, is on is. at nine, nine o'clock eastern time correct yes it, it it is in fact daily nightly and and the reason why is that when a guest can't actually go live at nine i pre-record during the day and we might get to that later and there are certain rewards or perks for uh, regulars and and my creator Jaffe coin holders to still participate. So we'll go with daily nightly. I think that daily works. nightly. Well, let's just jump into that because we're we we sort of got to there accidentally. Why daily to to, to do a daily program of an hour or an hour and a half in length uh, is a lot of work, a lot of effort, and it's not as if you have the Tonight Show staff working with you. This is a, a labor of love that you are largely um, creating on your own. Why? So labor of love, largely great uh, alliteration there. Um, you know, there's no, there's no labor here. There's, there's just love, and I mean that. It, it's a lot of work, uh, and I am doing it at the moment completely solo. One of the hardest things, as I'm sure you guys have have often experienced is letting go, trusting someone, hiring someone. Sometimes you feel almost it takes too long to just train up an intern or an assistant. You're like, you know what, I'll just do it myself, especially if you're a perfectionist like me. Um, you know, I've come to this conclusion lately that the biggest enemy right now of all of us is the is the word streak. And I don't mean we're going streaking. I'm talking about all these ridiculous, arbitrary, you know, gamified, addicting or addictive things that encourage us to keep going when there's absolutely no reason to. You know, with my, and I know we're accidentally jumping around a bit, but with my upcoming surgery, you know, one of the things that people started saying is, well, I'll host your show. You should keep it going. You should do premieres. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a break. And you know what? If the show is legitimate and good enough, people will be waiting for me on the flip side. So the answer to your question is, I started out doing it every day, Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, it was a live stream initially. It was actually part of my self-care. It was part of my own routine, You know, the importance of rigor, the importance of habits and rituals that kept me connected to the outside world and gave me some meaning and purpose to keep going. But then I stopped on Sunday and then I stopped on Saturday and then I decided on Friday, Friday nights are very important for me, for my family, you know, on a variety of personal reasons, religious and otherwise. And so I started experimenting with Friday. And now the show is Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. But I will say there is something, I'm sure you guys would not push back on this, the power of consistency. The, you know, branding 101 is the power of consistency. And so the ability to do it and commit to it, have the discipline to do it, Monday through Thursday. Yes, it takes a lot of work, but hopefully it will be worth it. Did you ever think about doing this show not video? So, so many of the Social Pros listeners are either creating episodic content or want to create more episodic content either for themselves or for the companies they work with. Did you ever think, well, it would be easier to just do this as a daily podcast as opposed to a daily live streamed video show? Did you ever ponder that or was it video from the beginning? And if so, why? I, I love that question. I could answer it uh, a variety of ways, and I will attempt to do that as succinctly as possible. First of all, if you were to ask me, do I have any regrets? I typically don't have any regrets in my life, but I am prepared to say that I regret giving up J uh, Jaffe Juice or what was across the sound, that I stopped audio podcasting because I had the juice. I had the community. I had the engagement. You know, I had even the little cast blaster for, for all you... <laughs> You remember the, um, uh, those days as well. Um, and, um, and I gave it up, you know, and, uh, and maybe I got scared uh, when all the, you know, big brands, the PBSs arrived and chased us out. But if I'd kept going, um, you know, you probably would not. I, Joseph Jaffe would be famous and it would be through audio. The <laughs> second, second point I would make is, is legitimately, and I say this, there are enough terrific audio podcasters out there in my field, you know, uh, at the top of which is, is social pros. Um, but, but, but seriously, there's enough great content out there in audio and I didn't need to do that. Just like I didn't need to be the world's greatest virtual, uh, keynote speaker. When everyone zigged, I decided to zag. 
video, sight, sound, and motion has always been the richest form of communication. And I've loved, and I have a face for radio, and so I wanted to prove people wrong. But above everything, you know, when everyone was in this world of Clubhouse, everyone's saying that this is an audio-first world. No, it isn't. It's not an audio-first world. It is a video-first world. The issue was just that it was so damn hard to do video before because of everything from broadband and bandwidth and editing, et cetera. And now it is yep. so easy. So much easier. And one of the things that's fascinating about that is when you first started the show, which was originally called uh, Corona TV, and it was right when the pandemic uh, began. And as you mentioned, it was a form of self-care for yourself. Let's just create uh, a show every day and talk to some interesting pe people about how you're coping and what's going on. And it, business, yes, but but more uh, a life show. That almost simultaneously occurred during the big rise of live streaming platform options. Now we're at a place where you can live stream on Instagram, you can live stream on LinkedIn, you can live stream on Facebook, you can live stream on YouTube, you can still, I think, live stream on Twitter, um, RIP, pour one out for Periscope and Meerkat. Um, you have always created this show in its uh, nearly 18-month run as a Facebook live stream because it's a business show I'm sure some social pros listeners would think, well, why aren't you doing this on LinkedIn? And so why aren't you? So I am actually, I'm doing it on, uh, and Periscope is still going. Um, and just, you know, just for uh, and giggles, see, I, you know, I'm still playing with audio. Um, for, for, for both of those, um, <laughs> I stream to Twitch as well. I, I have two followers on Twitch. One of them is always telling me how they can buy me followers and make me famous. And the other one is actually genuinely interested. Um, but, I actually started out on Facebook and uh, and I've given up on Facebook because Facebook has given up on me because I watched episode after episode, the view account just drop and drop and drop and drop. And I realized I was either being shadow banned or, you know, the feed was just being suppressed. Um, and, uh, you know, proof positive when I posted about my heart surgery, you know, 500 likes and 400 uh, and 400, uh, follow, I mean, comments, et cetera, et cetera. And you know what? I don't want to have to pay to play. So, Facebook aside, I am streaming to, to LinkedIn. Periscope somehow is still going. Uh, but for me, you know, and I've heard this advice from many uh, YouTubers out there or, you know, social pros themselves, you've got to choose your base, your platform. And for me, that's YouTube. YouTube is where the archive lives um, and YouTube is where the engagement uh, hopefully will live. That and also going back, it's been a full circle experimenting with Clubhouse and everything else going back to Zoom uh, for Zoom after shows um, and realizing that this is a very, very cool platform now to be able to actually engage community, you know, post show. So that's become kind of my, in 18 months, there's advice for someone going out there. So you can, you can skip all the learning and go straight to YouTube and Zoom. To that advice point, uh, Joseph, I I want to remark on just how your show has evolved since, as you said, it was Corona TV and it's evolved on different platforms and channels. I'm curious how much of this is chicken or the egg in terms of the content that you're producing on the show. How much of it is, well, we can now do this dot, dot, dot versus this is what the audience is wanting and expecting of a video streaming pseudo daily nightly type of show like you are successfully producing what are you finding that your viewers are expecting of a show like yours now that even just a short year ago maybe they weren't it's, it's another great question and you know the advice that i always give startup founders is and this is the difference between good and great this is the difference between winners and losers is that, you know, and, and, and the percentage is arbitrary, but let's go with 50-50. 50% of the time, you have to listen to people, like really listen and do exactly what they say, especially when they know what they're talking about. And 50% of the time, you have to look as if you're listening, nod your head, and, and do the exact opposite or ignore them. And the art and the craft of being a successful founder and entrepreneur is knowing when to actually do what they say and when to politely ignore them. And so... For me, I'm committed to my community, my listeners, my my audience. Uh, it is a family. I don't even call it community anymore. I think we've elevated beyond 
community. I call I call them family. They are, you know, whether you call them professional family, but they're family to me. That's how close we've become when we've when we've really helped each other during the darkest uh, of times um, as well. And so I've completely pivoted the pivot. So Joseph Jaffe is not famous. Uh, it's still one hour. It's one hour. It's live. It's at night. Uh, there's a guest, but it's slightly shorter. But I still, you know, love the Tim Ferrisses and the Howard Stearns of the world. So I want longer form, just like this show is. You know, um, there is now correspondence. That's the John Stewart learning. I want to make my correspondence more famous than me, legitimately, that they leave my show because they've been discovered, or if they already were, that they just say, I don't need this anymore. That's what I want. And then I have a creator who will perform with a strong, strong focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. By the end of this run, uh, on Thursday, when I finish my run and, and I go into surgery, I will have had 11 creators perform. All 11 of them have been African-American. 50% of them have been female. You have to be able to lean in. You can't just talk about the stuff. You have to actually live it, and you have to sometimes explicitly do it. So, so do people want performers? Do people want correspondence? I'm prepared to test and learn and experiment and 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 risk it all and fail uh, and pick myself up and and do it all over again. But the most important thing here is, you know, my narrative is simple. In 2020, I reinvented myself. In 2021, I'm looking to reinvent the variety show in the streaming era. So, you know, Trevor Noah, you know, um, Seth Meyers, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, sleep with one eye open, buddies, because I'm coming for you. I can't wait for that, uh, for, for Trevor Noah to, to, uh, to have armed guards as Joseph Jaffe approaches the lair of late night legends. One thing that's interesting. Yeah. Virtual legends. Um, one thing that's interesting about your show and the format versus a, a televised, uh, talk show is that you are able to interact with your audience in real time because of live streaming comments that pop up on your dashboard and you can, um, include comments and, and add them to the show uh, live. How much of an advantage do you think that is as a show host? And does it ever get in the way of your planned kind of run uh, and, and what you're trying to communicate or, or get out of the guest, but you're trying to also nod to the audience to make them feel included? It seems like a delicate balance. Mm. And it's, it's, it's the X factor, right? The, the how, you know, everyone's asking these days, how do you how do you scale intimacy? How do you scale humanity? But for the most part, how do you scale anything? You know, with success comes even more challenges. Be careful what you wish for. So what do you do when you've got hundreds upon hundreds of comments coming in? Well, the answer is you hire uh, and you have someone curating those comments. So guess what? Regulars, people that are trusted, uh, will always see their comments on screen as well. And so it becomes part art. And I'm fairly certain if there isn't um, a technology solution for it now, there will be. So there's a, a little uh, you know, uh, shot across the bow for entrepreneurs out there to create some kind of a system that allows immediately comments and people based on whether it's their influence or their experience with the show to be bucketed and elevate those comments. But to me, uh, you know, Jay, it is just absolutely critical. So what I've done is I've really, being a student and a scholar of, you know, of media, of history, uh, but also strategically, is I'm looking at everything saying, you know, I call it WWCD, what would Carson do? If Johnny Carson were starting The Tonight Show in June, in 2021, in the streaming era, you know, supporting the creator economy, uh, what would he do? What would he keep and what would he, and, and what would he lose? What would he start and what would he stop? And that's exactly how I've looked at it. And to me, you know, comments are absolutely key. Yesterday, by the way, I pre-recorded the whole show at 12, went out for dinner with my family. My son graduated from middle school going up into high school. Um, and at nine o'clock, I just went and made sure that I, I premiered it as a YouTube premiere. And I was interacting myself and engaging with people. So even though their comments weren't live on screen, the people that were live at 12 were on screen, I was hanging out with them too and just saying, hope you're enjoying the show, et cetera. So it is absolutely critical. If you want to be live, okay, here's the thing. If you want to be live, I mean, John Oliver is last week tonight and it's live. Why is it live? There's, or, or Bill Morris is live. Why are they even live? What's the point? I mean, How, I, I, mean I, think it's, I think it's because, and, and I say this um, 
only because I did my last, or my first, I should say, live presentation 15 months uh, a week ago. And I think the reason that those shows are live is just because of the energy inherent in a live studio audience versus a, a taped. It just it's just different, right? I mean, you can just, you know, people feed off, um, uh, you know, off that kind of crowd energy. And I think it makes the show better, but from a show format standpoint, you're exactly right. It doesn't, they're not, they're not taking somebody out of the audience and taking live questions. And, you know, it's not improv, certainly it's quite the opposite in most cases. So, uh, I think you're exactly right that, that you have the advantage of not only doing it live, but making the audience part of the show. Uh, it's no, not just, they're not just spectators. And and I totally agree. But I, I, I have an audience that cheer and, and, and laugh at my jokes and everything. But but I agree. The, the energy of live is exceptional. Um, but I think that we can do more now. You know, as social pros ourselves, we can do more to recognize and reward engagement. I mean, that's what it is about at the end of the day. And I, I know we'll probably come to it at this point, but... But but behind the scenes, I haven't like you know been keeping it close to my chest is what I called Corona Corporate, which is figuring out how to version the show for corporate audiences. And I know people listening as well want to be able to figure out that part of it as well. You know, it's been incredible to see um, the level of engagement in a Zoom fatigued and Teams fatigued you know environment. What happens when you actually do something? live as well, even in a corporate context. So you're right, the energy, um, the, you know, also the fact is you, there are no do-overs, but isn't that just a, you know, a lesson of life, right? There are no do-overs. So just make the most of it. Without a doubt, Joseph, your ability to have your finger on the zeitgeist of your audience is so critical to the success of, of, of your show and and shows like it. You have that audience participation. I think it's intoxicating. I'm curious, the other data that, that you have at your arsenal, if you were Carson, if you were Howard Stern, you would have the, the Nielsen teams and the others giving you all this information on who's listening and what they like and, and, and what, they, what they may not like. If you were an advertiser on your show on YouTube, you would have this information, these demographic psychographic information on who your audience is. I'm curious today as a live streamer, what data are you getting from the platforms to help you kind of understand and comprehend kind of the metaverse of your audience? Or is it really just kind of your, you know, you're licking your finger and pointing it towards the wind? Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably neither of those because I, I've just decided at least in the first year that I wouldn't even focus on on the quant that I, I would only focus on the qual on 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 perfecting my art and my craft. I learned from Andy Crestadina, who was on my show about the availability heuristic. You know that which is easy to identify and measure is often not tied uh, to you know positive, profound uh, business outcomes, and that which is much more difficult to uncover, discover, and 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 measure often is, net promoter score being one of them, at least as an example. Um, so I've, I've learned a couple of things, right? One is we are still living in a world of drop-in, right? Drop-in audio is what they called Clubhouse at the beginning. People drop in and they drop out. And so you're actually getting pockets of attention. And I don't even know whether that's being measured or not, or whether that's being double counted or half counted, etc. The other thing that I've learned is you'd be surprised who's listening. You know, and we don't know exactly yet, but you'd be surprised all I need. And I look, I, I'm visualizing the outcome. Um, and, and I began saying, I'm going to be on CNBC at some point. I don't care if they give me the midnight or the 1 a.m. hour during the week or once a week, I'll do it. You know, but that is the outcome. So all I need is someone who works at CNBC or one of the, you know, the parent company or someone who knows someone, you know, who works there to say, this guy is actually, you know, not a complete moron. Um, and we're looking for cheap talent, you know, and he's pretty cheap from what we hear. You know, I mean, he there's no Jay Bear rates is what I'm trying to say. Um, and I could have put in the laugh track, but I didn't because it's true. Um, and uh, you know what? And we're looking for, for we're looking for something different. So I had to realize, and, and I have realized, is 
you know, like you got to pick a lane. So it's, it's obvious that if I'm able to, uh, everything, you know, if I'm able to command an audience of a million subscribes and viewers, everything will just, you know, hot knife through butter, right? Um, because people want to buy audience. They don't want to buy talent. They want to buy content. They want to just buy audience. I don't operate that way. I don't. Maybe I'm idealistic and maybe I'm stupid. Uh, I'm probably both. Um, I'm out there to build a base piece of equity um, and then and then find someone who already has the audience, you know, like a heart transplant uh, to put an organ, a healthy organ into a body that desperately needs it. And hopefully I am that healthy heart, you know, <laughs> even though I'm going in to get my heart fixed. But you know what I'm saying. Um, and And so... I've looked at the numbers, the numbers are interesting, you know, but ultimately I'm not swayed either way based on what the numbers are telling me. You know, uh, it's interesting, it's valuable, right? How, how many minutes did they watch and et cetera, et cetera. But, but I just honestly do not have the time to focus on it and obsess. If anybody wants to help me with that, I'll take the help. Um, but that's how I've looked at it as well, which is you can't do everything. So you've got to pick that lane and stay in the lane, but at the same time, be smart enough. And this will be one of the things that I'm so grateful for this break coming up that I can actually sit down now and look at the show as a business. I heard this piece of advice. It's so good. If you treat what you do as a hobby, you'll be paid as if it was a hobby. If you treat it like a business, you'll be paid as if it was a business. I'm definitely ready to start doubling down on the latter. That's that's a great quote, and uh, I, I I actually wrote it down when uh, when we were on your clubhouse uh, uh, show just uh, last week. Jay and I I thought it was remarkable. Obviously, creating a great show is is is, is paramount and and and, and testament to what you're trying to do. I would assume too bringing more people into and under the tent is is a big part of that, either directly or indirectly. How are you marketing and promoting the show? How are you kind of finding and helping that discoverability where you find those people who find your show compelling and, and, and not only just stick around for 15 or 20 minutes, stick around for the whole show and then come back tomorrow you know, to hear it again? Yeah, I mean, the, the honest answer is I'm still trying to figure it out. And it's the one area that I've struggled. You know, I've struggled because the show is distributed through my own social channels. Now my, and I've been very honest about it as I'm being right now, my social channels, some of them are more impressive than others. Uh, 23,000 followers on Twitter, um, 22,000 connections on LinkedIn, um, you know, 5,000 max on Facebook, 5,000 odd on Instagram. Here's the thing though. And, and, you know, the, the, the dirty little secret, it's not what you think, what think I'm going to say, but the dirty little secret is for someone like me that's been on these platforms since 2005, you know, so, you know, I, I would rather, let's put it this way, I would rather have the kinds of social media feeds that my children have right now than the ones I do. Because so many of these accounts are dormant or defunct or people have moved on or lost their jobs or lost interest or, you know, or unsubscribed, et cetera. What I would rather have is the is the freshness and 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 the um the you know the penetration versus you know versus the reach. So right now the show goes out to all of my channels, and and that is where consistency daily actually hurts you because some people get blinded to it, and the you know you you're battling the algorithm for the most part. Um, so there is a way out of that, right? It's all through subscription. Everything I do now is to get incentivize people to subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the show's newsletter. That is not on on, on YouTube. Is that the the yeah? Subscribe to the channel yeah. on YouTube and subscribe to my email newsletter. Surprise, surprise! Subscription economy. Not saying anything that that the three of us haven't been saying for twenty years, but it's now come back to bite me in the butt. Um, but that but that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is figuring out figuring out how to break out of those bubbles and silos, and that happens two ways. One is through syndication. Uh, and, and I'm going to pursue those deals. And two is by guests on the show, promoting it to their channel. So one of the things, I, I, I mean, I just found out about this idea today, and I'm going to start, uh, start it as well, is that actually when I set up the daily show, if, uh, if a guest trusts me enough, and there's an easy way to do it, I can actually stream directly to their channel. 
as opposed to mine and then they forward it, et cetera. All they need to do is change their password and then change it back you know, an, an hour later. So I'm gonna be experimenting doing that. There's a lot of experimentation in terms of how to find that moment. But, but honestly, I, I, I believe in the tipping point. I believe that there will be a moment. It, it's, it's the Oprah promoting a book, you know, Oprah's book club on her show and create, you know, be, being a kingmaker uh, as it were. Um, and I think that, that it's gonna come down to one human being, one soul uh, that has the power uh, to be able to say, hey, this show's, you know, like pretty good. You should watch it and then just watch. We've all seen this, guys. I mean, th that that it all it all putters, you know, and stumbles and stutters along rather slow and then and then it doesn't. And then it just takes off. So prepare yourself for that hockey stick moment because if you do it long enough and if you stay the course, it's gonna come. And the worst thing you can do is not be ready for it. I think a part of that that hockey stick is is certainly around cadence and and Joseph. One of the things that that you noted is you're you're about to take some time off from the show to go in for surgery and thoughts and prayers with you on that and your your successful recovery. Part of that is that you're going to be taking a hiatus. You're going to be taking a break. And I think one thing that we often hear from social pros and content creators is you know the challenge of of feeding the kitty of the of, of keeping that content going and that the algorithms especially on youtube are so based upon that and that when you take a you take a break you you see a drop now youtube has has addressed this they said that they have rejiggered the algorithm a little bit other social properties and platforms have said the same thing what are you finding and about that and and how are you kind of recommending to yourself and how would you recommend to others that they create a cadence that that is enabling them to to have success on the show enabling them to to have a life beyond the show and also you know get the most success out of the efforts that they're putting into it uh it, it's it's another great question and um there are two quick answers to that w one is uh as i think uh real content pros have learned and i'm still for me it's just a bandwidth issue is one hour of content and I produce, I, honestly, I said this to my wife the other day, I don't know that anyone has actually produced more content in this period of time than me. I really don't. You know, one to one and a half hours of video content, uh, you know, five to seven times a week for a year and a half without taking a day off for the most part. Um, but one hour of video content, you know, I use the analogy of catching a big tuna, you know, and you and you take the tuna and you, you, you gut the tuna, um, and and uh, you end up with sushi for uh, for I don't know how many weeks. A lot uh, of sushi. Yeah, a lot of sushi, right? And 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 so that's the thing, right? You take this giant piece, this giant tuna called one episode of the show, and now you've got quotes and and Instagram photos and and audio clips and transcripts and 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 video sound bites uh, and an archive to be able to call on. And so that's one part of the answer. And the other is during this period of time. Uh, I may just once a week uh, go and find my five best episodes from the archive and just uh, premiere them as a kind of a repeat or a reprise and see what sticks. Because I'll tell you one thing, something that, you know, that, that I did a year ago that can stay the course, you know, that can, that can hold up some of the, I mean, uh, I, I'm not just saying this, the episode with Jay, you can be sure, I haven't gone back and watched it, uh, but you can be sure that it is as relevant now, if not more relevant. Um, and so that may be a way of, you know, as I often said years and years ago, over a decade ago, if you want the long tail to wag, you have to feed the head with fresh meat. Um, so I may experiment with things like that. And then the final thing, and I, you know, I did a little GoFundMe on my uh, creator coin, is maybe I'll, maybe I will bring in a, a host or a co-host or two in the weeks leading up to, you know, me coming back to the show in August. Um, and, uh, so, so I, I'm not going to stop experimenting. That's for sure. Well, I like that idea of occasionally bringing back greatest hits. We actually next week here on social pros, we are, uh, replaying with a new intro, our episode with Jen Herman from a few months ago, talking about advanced Instagram strategies, super relevant to the audience. Always is a great show. And you can check out Jen's wisdom next week. If you didn't hear it in the original broadcast a few months ago, Last question before we get to the big two that we ask everybody here on the show, Joseph. 
you make it sound so easy to do a daily or four times a week um, video talk show live streamed with different guests every time and contributors and audience engagement. For whom do you think this is not a good idea? Like what, what are the, what are the prerequisites in order to actually pull this off? If you think about a social pros listener who might be the director of marketing for a midsize brand, can, can anybody do this? Does it have merit? Is it possible? Is it out of reach? I'd love for you to kind of think through and say, all right, who could do this and who should just set this aside as, as too big of a chasm to leap over? So my feeling is anyone has the potential to do this. And this is going to be connected to one of those uh, pieces, one of those questions you ask your guests, if they are prepared to stay the course. I was, uh, I heard this little insight, this nugget right at the beginning of my journey. I think I mentioned it when, when we did our clubhouse, uh, previous week, um, which is if you're going to do some kind of a streaming show and you're not prepared to commit to it for a minimum of two years, stop right now. And that liberated me rather than suffocated. It liberated me. Cause I was like, where's the pressure now? The pressure has been lifted. Because, you know, this is the marathon, right? And if you're running, anyone who's ever run a marathon knows that you have to pace yourself, you know, and you have to plan ahead um, and you have to make sure that you have the reserves and you're just going to get, and as you train for it, and, you know, we can take that analogy, uh, you know, to uh, until, you know, talk about until the cows come home. Um, So, so that's, that's key. The second thing is, you know, and one of the things I alluded to earlier, um, one of my, you know, kind of visions for this now is a business one because you know i say the show is about hope positivity and optimism and if there's time left over a little bit of marketing but if you think about it you know strategically i've done a complete 180 a flip of my life i was a marketer who maybe would deliver a little bit of hope positivity and optimism in a keynote now it's the opposite now if there's time left over we'll talk marketing but the whole show is really about marketing and business but it's a different lens and a different filter of being able uh, to look at it. And, and so, you know, for me, uh, one of the things that, that I've now been focusing on is what if your next status meeting was a show? What if your next employee onboarding or training or, or you know, or uh, internal comms or workshop was a show? And, and so the, why I'm saying this, it, it's not so much about, you know, hire me to produce and be the host of your corporate show. It's do it yourself you know, how I reinvented myself during a global pandemic, and so can you. The thing is, it's a different answer to your question, but it's, but, it's a, but it's still a straight one, which is every company possesses someone who is a potential live streaming show host. You know, let that person identify themselves, do auditions, you know, find that person. And, and quite frankly, you don't need Joseph Jaffe to be your host because he's not famous anyway. What you need is someone who works in your company who has the aptitude and the attitude. And, and ultimately, ultimately, you know, uh, I will say that the tools are so easy right now. The barrier to entry is unbelievably low, but the learning curve and the challenge is incredibly high if you're not ready for that journey, right? Uh, and that long haul. And so this is the, co- and, and, and you get better. I just want to share one, one thought, which is um, at the beginning, my wife would listen to every show. And as you know, Jay, she just put together this beautiful ebook um, of the a visual summary of the first 50 interviews. And she would come in and she would give me notes. And I would get completely irritated with her, like because she was so critical of me and I hate criticism. But of course, she was right about everything, you know, as as uh, you know, as our wives often are, and by often I mean always. And uh, and she said this to me as I'm doing run house. She said, My God, Joseph, stop talking. You talk so much and your questions are so long and so long-winded and you're making it all about yourself. And that changed the whole trajectory of the show. And I started listening and I started shutting up and waiting until it was clear and obvious that my guest had finished speaking. And the craziest thing happened. By the way, Joseph Jaffe is not famous, is, is, is a direct manifestation of that because it's not about me, it's my guest people started saying, you're such a great listener. And I almost like, like brought up a bit of vomit in my mouth because I'm the worst I thought I was 
but I'm becoming better. And so everyone has these, these talents and these skills and these superpowers inside. You just got to be able to tap into them and be patient, you know, and, and let them shine. Well, I know that everybody understands innately at the molecular level that patience is required for any sort of new content program, especially a daily video program. But I also recognize that many social pros listeners are like, wait, I've got to commit to this for two years. How am I going to get my boss or my boss's boss or my boss's boss's boss to sign off on a two-year run for something that might totally suck and fail? Adam, as somebody who has worked in many, many, many large corporations, including Coca-Cola and Dell and now Salesforce, what would your advice be to how to navigate that and say, hey, uh, can I have a two-year leash on this idea? Well, I don't know the answer, but I will say you know, when you're in a world where the average tenure of a CMO is under 30 months, saying that you need two years you know, for an idea, you're, you're probably going to outlive uh, your, uh, your chief marketer. Look, I, I, I will say that advice was given to me, and, and that is not a corporate, uh, that is not a corporate or a, or a uh, um, best practice. Uh, let me let me restate that uh, term from a corporate standpoint. What I would do is if I was going into the boss right now and putting a plan together, first of all, number one, and I've said it before, consistency is key. Don't start skipping. If it's daily, make it daily. If it's weekly, make it weekly. If it's monthly, make it monthly. I do not recommend uh, going beyond monthly, meaning you know, like by month, uh, not by monthly, I mean like uh, every other month, et cetera, six times a year, commit to at least, commit to a cadence at least of 12 um, and, and get an initial and use the words, right? Uh, uh, you know, pilot, forget about pilots, but if that's the only way you can sell it, then sure, but it's a pilot. It's not a, you know, experiment or a test and learn. I hate that, you know, and, and try and get an initial run again, instead of like, uh, of, of six episodes at a minimum. At a minimum, it's a quarter, um, but realistically, the, the number feels right that four to six episodes, you know, half a year is the right amount of time to be able to invest in this and build some kind of, uh, you know, receptivity and engagement and consistency. Uh, that yeah, would I completely be my agree. Advice. Yeah, it's the same advice that we give clients to convince convert as well. You know, the challenge is that so many companies are thinking by quarter. What are we doing this quarter, right? And if you're going to try and create a, a tune-in habit amongst an audience, it's going to take longer than a quarter. I mean, we've been doing this show for 12 years or whatever the number is, or nine years or something like that, a long time. Uh, and, and we still get new listeners um, consistently because people discover the show. And they're, How long have you been doing this? Nine years? I had no idea, right? It's, it's just the nature of, uh, of content in a world where everybody's creating content. Joseph, we're going to ask you the two questions uh, we've asked you here on the program before, including your previous appearance, which was in 2019, uh, and your previous, previous appearance, which was in 2013 here on Social Pros. Um, first, if you could give our audience one tip, those who are looking to become a social pro, what would you tell them? You know, I was going to start off by by going with, with my three, uh, you know, my one, two, three piece of advice, which is love what you do, be true to yourself and stay the course. Uh, and I think I've discussed this idea um, of endurance, um, uh, you know, ad nauseum, right? Uh, in the last uh, uh, 30 minutes or so. So I'll add two things to that. One is forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. We're only human. We make mistakes and we learn all the time. I love having a bad show. It doesn't happen often, but uh, I used to just want to beat my head against a wall to the point where I passed out. I mean, that's how hard I was on myself. If you don't have a bad show, how on earth are you gonna know what a good show is? And how on earth are you gonna be able to change and mix things up and, and be able to come back even stronger? So forgive yourself, you know, stop being so perfect because there is no such thing. Um, that's, that is the one piece of advice. And the other one is, you know, three words, we, which we learned from Nike, just do it. Just do it. You can actually do it and to an unlisted YouTube. You can experiment. The tools are free. I use StreamYard. It's free, the initial one. Just start experimenting. Put up, put up pilots together if you need to. Uh, that you can, this is the way to sell it through, is actually take a five-minute dummy of what the show might look like you know, to whether it's your boss or whether it's an investor or a partner. 
um, et cetera. It's not that hard to just do it. You know, uh, I want to, uh, uh, interesting little spin. I, I do a monologue at the beginning of every show. I've done, <laughs> it's crazy, 225. I haven't, I've, I haven't missed one. I still can't believe it. I put them recently into a Google Doc, uh, 875 pages of these uh, monologues, 400 words every single day. Wow. And, uh, and I took a spin on, you know, we all hear this. If I'd known then what I know now, I probably wouldn't have done it. I changed that. I said, if, if I'd known then what I know now, I would have started it one year earlier. And that's what I want people to take away. Just do it. You know, in three months' time, while you're umming and awing and 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 uh, you know, getting to yes and and convincing yourself why it's not a great idea, you could be already three episodes into this journey, a journey that is transformational. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best time is today, as they say. Might as well, if you're gonna, if you're thinking about streaming, you might as well just rip off the bandaid and turn on the camera and go, because you're not going to learn anything by not doing it. That's for sure. Mr. Jaffe, what is your dream guest? We usually ask people if they could do a, a video call with any living person, but since you're doing live video every day, who is your dream guest on the show? Joseph Jaffe is not famous. Just search Joseph Jaffe is not famous uh, on YouTube. You will find it. Uh, and I hope you tune in and enjoy some of Mr. Jaffe's brilliance. And of course, join Adam and I wishing him nothing but a spectacular recovery from his forthcoming heart surgery. Dream guest, Mr. Jaffe, who is it? So funny because, uh, by the way, you just summarized in about, you know, like only Jay Bear could, the maestro, uh, about oak trees uh, better than, you know, you just took 35 minutes of my waffle and you <laughs> and combined it into 35 <laughs> seconds. Uh, so well done. Um, uh, you know, I... I would have said Jay Bear, but I think I'm going to have to say I'm going to I'm going to come down to uh, to two people. Uh, one of them is Adam Brown because he hasn't been on the show yet, you know. So I got to like you know I got to kiss a little bit of butt, you know, so that, that you promote this. That you promote this show. To. Thank you. Uh, but you know I, I I'm probably going to have to say um, Howard Stern. Um, I think he is the greatest interviewer on this planet, and uh, and I listen to him and I learn and I'm really studying. Uh, not even what he's saying, but how he says it and, and how he's produced what he has. He is the king of all media. Um, and if I'm ever fortunate enough to have him on the show, uh, then I certainly will know uh, that uh, that I am slightly less not famous uh, than when I began. So that's my answer and I'm sticking to it. I mean, in terms of his his ability to get people who are recalcitrant about being open to actually be open and and create almost instantaneous comfort with his guests is truly yeah. unprecedented. It is, it is like a magic trick. And the interesting thing about Howard Stern is, you nailed it, uh, Joseph. That that lots of people love the content and the frivolity and the just the topics and the guests on the show. But people who create content and who are speakers and MCs and hosts, they they don't come for the content. They come to listen to him interview people and pick up tips on how he just disarms guests in a second. And it's, it really is like a magic trick. It's, it's one of those things. It's like, is he roofing people? Because it's, it's amazing how, how relaxed everybody gets in a scenario that is not inherently relaxing. It is truly uh, something to behold. So a great, a great answer. And I think, I believe that that's going to happen. I believe that Howard Stern will be on Joseph Jaffe is not famous within the next 12 months. You heard it right here from Jay Bear. That is my prediction. Within the next 12 months, Howard Stern on your show, it's going to happen. Listeners, let's help make it happen. I'm going to bank that. Do it. Bank, bank it. Bank um, it. It's going to happen. And, and, and you know, Jay, I mean, even with the podcast that you do, sometimes it's, it's so fascinating to understand, you know, what – not what's being said, but what's not being said and understand the genesis of a story and, and of these situations and experiences. It's a little geeky for those of us that really study this stuff and are, you know, and live it, but it's, but it is fascinating and like little things with how it's doing, like when he's ready to go on to another topic and how, and how he does it. And, uh, it's just, it's just, it's, it's magnificent. And the thing is, as you say, I loved how you summarize it. It's magic. Because you go in there knowing, like I promised I wasn't going to cry, uh, and and the next thing you know, you're crying like a baby. I, I wish he would write a book on how to interview. I don't think that will ever happen, but boy, that is a book that I would that I would buy. That's for sure. I think it will actually. I think it will. I think uh, when he's on my show, I'll pitch it to him. And, there you go. Um, 
man, now now we all benefit. Uh, fantastic. Ford, Ford, we all win, benefit. Forward by Jai Bear. What do you think? There you go. Fair enough. Uh, you will also benefit from tuning in to Joseph Jaffe is not famous Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at nine o'clock Eastern. Find it on the YouTube's search Joseph Jaffe or Joseph Jaffe is not famous and you will be directed to the show. Make sure you subscribe as well to get notified when new shows appear. Mr. Jaffe, congratulations on all the progress uh, with the broadcast. We're really excited about it. It's an inspiration to us all. And of course, best wishes um, for your surgery and your recovery. I know it's going to turn out great. Thank you, gents, and straight back at you as well. Congratulations on your continued success and your longevity. Uh, I just figure, as good as your show is now, once you have a baboon heart, it's going to be incredible. It's it's you're going to have like <laughs> you're going to have jungle strength. It's going to be like a whole different deal. Yeah. Well, it's you know, it's not a heart transplant. Well, it could be uh, though, while, while they're in there. You don't know. Well, yeah. uh, I, I will say Ask that you know, it is a mitral valve repair. However, if they go in, you know, to to their one liner the whole time, you know, their little. Uh, is, uh, well, we can't exactly wake you up when we're in there, is you have to determine if you want to go pig or cow yeah, uh, for just if they case. need to replace yeah. the valve or, or as I call it, mechanical bull. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, uh, the, uh, I'm not that far from the baboon, my friend. Have you, have you asked your audience yet if they believe you should have a, a bovine or swine valve? Because it feels like you're talking about audience, talking about audience engagement. That's a home run right there. I feel like, I mean, you've seen all these ridiculous articles recently about influencers that are now saying, what should I have for breakfast? Um, You know, kind of what should I wear today? But but no doubt it would go viral if it was, you know, uh, left or right. Let's just simple Instagram poll, (laughs) pig or cow. (laughs) Pig or cow, it's our gift to you here on Social Pros. That idea is free. Joseph Jaffe, thank you so much for being here. Always a pleasure. Friends, I'm Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. He's Adam Brown from Salesforce. Tune in next week for the greatest hits episode from Jen Herman. We'll be back the week after with a bunch of new brilliance right here on what we hope is your favorite podcast in the whole world. This has been Social Pros. Social Pros.